Welcome to Bleed TV, the podcast, the best shows on TV, and I'm Zach. And I'm Cash. And tonight we're hitting that Game of Thrones. This was episode... Three. Three, 603, and it was called, what, Oathbreaker? Oathbreaker. Yeah, yeah. Brought to us by the great Daniel Sackheim. Sackheim. Uh, I'm not even going to go into that name. No, the, the, there's too much we can roll up with Yeah, that, that can go south in many different ways. Kind of like uh, how a few people thought of this episode. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, to talk about the episode, um, guys, uh, we're sorry. We're getting out a little late. We actually had a technical snafu on our typical recording night, and that's why it's just Cash and I tonight. We actually lost Jake on the audio, and so we'll pick him back up next week. Sorry for the delay, uh, but we want to get right into the episode. You know, we're Game of Thrones junkies, and uh, but we're going to call it like we see it. Um, you know, I'll go ahead and say that the episode itself was a little draggy for me, a little, a little boring. I mean, my wife fell asleep halfway through. Ooh which is tough to say, uh, but don't, don't get me wrong. It had some monumental moments. It had some great building um, scenes. It had a lot of things going for it that did a lot of setup. I call it yeah, a setup episode. It was a very big setup episode. We had a ton of information dropped on us, just like an anvil. And it, it's an important episode, but you can't always make those entertaining. Not, not always. Not always at all. You know, I mean, realistically, if you went down the, the character subgroups, I mean, my least part, my least favorite thing of all night was – the Danny part of it. It was just, it dragged. Um, I mean, like, I mean, we, it feels weird saying this because we had already kind of talked about it, but anytime she's not with her dragons right now, it's just kind of meh. Yeah, it, it just, it's lacking. And, you know. And part of it's because I know I'm not going to see any boobs. I know it's a terrible thing to say, but. Just be honest with you. So, new, new contract, no more nudity. Yeah, you know, kind, kind of a big head. You yeah. Know, <laughs> uh, let's keep it calm. Yeah, and so... Uh, but, know, I mean, I, we dropped some big information. Yeah, and, it I mean, just wasn't what I expected. I guess I was expecting something different for the the resting locations of... Not the resting location, but the the housing for your former, you know, queens. And I just... I, I was really kind of surprised that it's just basically this big hut in the middle of this giant territory like we've seen before. Well, I mean, this isn't where they live. Like, as, as we've said, we've been here before. You know, this is Vostorthrak, and this is just where... I don't know if you remember where she ate that horse heart. Oh, yeah. She ate, yeah. And uh, so this isn't like where <laughs> they're Yummy. Yeah, I mean, this wasn't where they're living or anything. This is just kind of like their big council meeting. Yeah, I, rem- I remember all that. I just, I don't know. I, like I said, it just it doesn't have anything going on for it right now. And I, I No, I, but I mean, like when they're saying, you know, you may be able to stick around with us and a whole bunch of things. To me, it was just a huge setup for Drogon, like I've been saying the whole time, flying in and being like, bow bitches, we're out. Right, right. And I mean, I think we're going to get that in the next episode too. At least I'm hoping. Otherwise, you can just flatline her plot for me. Oh yeah, yeah. There, there's no doubt there. Absolutely no doubt. You know, what was the part that kind of suffered for you from this episode? Before we get to the good stuff. Um, I'm not going to say it suffered, but Tyrion by himself with Missandei and Grey Worm, I found it interesting to be the first time that Tyrion couldn't work his magic with words. You yeah, know, he like was struggling the, trying to find something. I mean, it wasn't a good scene. The conversation it was, was, it was trying too hard, mm-hmm. you know, and so. Because he's always so charismatic and everything. And this was the first time that he, you see him just physically struggling to find any way yeah. to figure out what they want. It just kind of came out a little flat, you know. I mean, part of it, was, yeah, it was kind of humorous, but not really. Uh, but I will say the other side of that was seeing Varys work the oh. prostitute. Now, that was the complete opposite. I thought he was phenomenal. I mean, yeah, I'm just, pretty just sure I saw the swagger. strings yeah, that he, he yeah. was playing with. The swagger he carries with himself when he's talking to folks, you know, when he, when he's working his angles, that was impressive. Mm-hmm. And just like, oh, no, your child was never in danger. I would never hurt a child. 
Yeah. But it'd be terrible for him to raise up motherless. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like, oh. Oh, yeah. I, I, I did. Got like three daggers coming in from yeah. all sides. I was like, okay. I did, I did dig that. I did dig that. Now, you know, speaking of Varys and, you know, how he has his birds and he makes that kind of comment about how he can trust birds and so on. And we got a new bird master, you know, over there in, uh, was it King's Landing? Yeah, you know? we got uh, Maester Kyburn. Kyburn, yeah. And he's uh, and I mean... I don't know how I'm feeling about him being the master of birds because, you know, Cersei already has all of her stuff in King's Landing. And so, like, I'm not sure what he's contributing with these kids. I don't know either. You know, I, like I said, I think this is just something showing us set up for the future. You know, yeah. I, I don't know exactly what it's doing or if it was just for a way to show her walking in and flex her muscle of, I want to know who thinks they're going to take advantage and, we're going to take care of business on that. Which, don't get me wrong, I love it when she threatens folks. <laughs> because most of the time, she usually follows through. Yeah. Now, I mean, the only thing that I can have that I can think of was, well, not even I, Jake brought it up in our last pod, was that Kyburn's going to use these birds against Vares because he said, Vares said, I always trust birds. Exactly. So it could be a way of manipulation your enemies in the, out in the outer regions, you know. But, I mean, the, the children were already still so loyal to Vares. I mean, automatically bringing them up. And knowing what he can do for them. And so I just, yeah, I don't see Kyburn being able to flip I'm them. I'm curious to see how they're going to take that. It's going to be really, really interesting, you know. And so it, that's going to be good. And, of course, the other part of that is is that, you know, her and Jamie and them bouncing up in there and wanting to be a part of the Royal Council. This was a great scene. Like, I mean, I feel like it was underrated because like, I rewatched it again today. And just the barbs that the Queen of Thorns is automatically throwing out, just machine oh, yeah. gun fire. She's got no care concern for her own safety when she's throwing this kind of stuff around oh no it it's definitely she's at the age i want to live to because like once you're old at that point you know you, who gives you, a crap exactly you want to come take this old broad's life and get you some <laughs> you know and i mean it's just like i think it's time that uh they pay for the queen's retributions and cersei's is like i thank you i think it's about time everyone pays for no you're not the queen because you're not married to the king i know it's a little weird in your family <laughs> but I was just like, okay, Ooh. you know, throwing incest right off the bat. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, yeah. There was a, there was no doubt. And then of course to have what's his name, Maester, you know, Pycelle caught with his foot in his mouth. You know, <laughs> now this is I interesting. Mean, now they're calling him what, Sir Robert Strong? You know, this is okay. something not typical, correct? Yeah, in the books they call him Sir Robert Strong because they had to send his head to the Dorn to the Dornish because that they demanded proof. And so when they sent the head to the Dornish. They like did all did away with all the skin and just sent him a skull, but I mean no one else's head's gonna match up. But here in the TV show, we are straight calling him Robert Clegane, and that is a big thing to you know just be like we have a risen person, and you're just trouting him out in front of all of King's Landing. Right. I mean, there, there's a lot of things that could go wrong with this. Hmm. Okay. So, but well, the all I know is, killed, is I'm so. ready for this guy to start wielding the sword. Don't get me wrong. I've enjoyed him just crushing heads and doing different things, but I'm ready to see what he can, uh, what he can do. Well, we've seen what he can do with just about three fingers and a dude's skull and wall. Oh, I know. I, mean, you know, I get that part. I want to see what else he can do. I mean, I think we're going to need the, uh, the mountain versus one, one to see a fair fight at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And that could be amazing. Oh, yes. But, I mean, uh, the other thing I had with the scene was seeing good old Kevin back. You know, it was like, who are you again? Yeah. Have you been in this show? But, I mean, that is uh, Tywin's brother. Yeah, I mean, he had his his moments, I think, the previous right before Tywin died. 
And, but, I mean, uh, to me, it just seemed like he threw a temper tantrum by the end of this thing. Well, it's all about flexing muscle. Who's got what? Who's in charge of what? You know, you don't rule anymore, even though you think you do, and all that. It, it was just but more it, of a power play at a table. It, was it a power play to get up and say, "Okay, guys, we're we're taking the ball and going home"? Yeah, uh, I mean, um, it's a bad power play. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just to show that you don't have control over what yeah. we do. You know, I mean, it was about as powerful of a power play as Tom and walking into the High Sparrow and oh. saying, "I want my wife." Yeah, I mean, give Search me a break. The High Sparrow is him, and he's got well, maybe two or three dudes. Yeah, that's got leather clubs, and you've got your baddest soldiers. And you've got um, your king's just guard. go ahead and dispatch this, and let's go get our wife right now. Instead, we do the whole go away, and he feeds out of his hand by the, on the bench by that's over. Well, the interesting thing is, I was rewatching this was how powerful the High Septum was, because you notice like they're sitting there talking. And then he's like, hey, you know, my body's hurting. Let me sit on this bench. Do you mind? So he gives Tommen, like, the power position for half a second. And then he gets Tommen to come and sit beside him on the bench. Oh, yeah. That's what I was saying. He's just like, how? Yeah. How are you this powerful in this conversation? Weak sauce. And this is how this goes. This was another setback for me. Oh, I mean, Tommen is just, you know, he's a wet bag. You know, it's just sad. Say what you will about Joffrey, but damn it, he he at (laughs) least backed some things up. Joffrey would have rolled in there going, give me the head of every one of them bastards (laughs) right now. And if you don't, I'll have your head. And, you know, this is one time you miss old Joffrey. Yeah, you know? I mean, we, we need a little bit of power play in this room. We need a king to have a backbone or someone to pull his strings to act like he has a backbone. It's just pitiful. Yeah, uh, yeah, there is no doubt. I mean, uh, I understand he's supposed to be like 12 at this point, but Jesus, uh, yeah. it's hard to watch. It is. It really, really is. Um, you know, the only, you know, of course, they didn't really show a whole lot with some other main characters and so on. But one thing they did go into, was, which I was real pleased to see, was Arya's storyline. Oh, I'm glad one of us was because it was not a high point for me. Well, it, I wouldn't say it was like awesome or anything like that, but at least it showed its movement. I was tired of the blonde beggar. I mean, blind beggar. <laughs> I was tired of some of the other stuff like that. You know, I'm like, I mean, like we talked about before, you know, it's Concussion City as many hits as she was taking to the head. Yeah, she did a lot more today, too, and, Sunday night. And, uh, and so I'm just kind of like, I'm happy that that's kind of moved on. I'm a girl with no name. I have no family, all that stuff. I, and I'm happy they rehashed the names and all that stuff and you know and then they gave her sight back i'm just i'm ready for that to propel forward and yeah. see where that's actually going well i mean the two things i found interesting in that thing was one was when they brought up the hound and how she had kind of crossed him off the list without killing him right so it shows that she still has a redemption side in this thing you know you can kind of redeem yourself off her list which is pretty random cool. question do we think the hound is going to make a comeback Oh, man. See, my theory is, based on some information that you guys have talked about before, there's a possibility this guy might be a certain character in the book who's a grave digger who was maybe saved by a certain maester. And maybe this is the guy who might end up even being a wild theory of even being the champion for Cersei when it comes to a trial by combat. That, well, not, not for Cersei, Cersei, but against... For the church. Right, for the church. Yeah, the theory is, like, as you were saying, you know, he was saved, he found religion and everything. He kind of has his redemptive. He's done. Like, he's quiet and stuff. There's a guy digging graves, and the theory is he hears that Cersei's going trial by combat, and his risen brother, the mountain Sir Robert Strong, whatever you want to call him, is fighting for Cersei. And he knows he's the only person who can fight him and he wants to you know he still wants to kill his brother 
right. for everything you put him through. And so the theory is he comes back and fights in the trial by combat and we get Clegagon or Clegagon Bowl. And it should be awesome. I and I want it. Hoping so. I think it would be one of the top three fights the show's ever done. Very possible. But I don't see it happening. I know it. And that's and it's sad. Yeah. But I'll take it because Billy, honest with you, I don't see another formidable foe that can actually handle the situation. Um I got nothing. Yeah, I mean, you're drawing a blank here. And, now, I mean, and that would want to. Yeah, exactly. Who would who would put themselves in that spot? I mean, maybe Braun, but I mean, at this point, I, I would say we no. hadn't even seen Braun on camera. No. Him and Littlefinger. That has been another letdown. This is like some of my favorite characters haven't even been on screen yet. And we're getting this much Tommen. It's like no, no, poor decision. You know, let's get less of him, a lot more of a badasses. I mean, um, but the other thing with Arya's training was they. She said she had four brothers, and then they hit her. She's like three brothers because they're not counting John. Yeah, three and but a half. Yeah. The thing was, she always counted John as a brother all right. throughout the show and stuff. And so I find that part interesting. I do. Well, let's talk about that. You know, of course, we had the flashback, you know, with, uh, you know, what's his name? Uh, oh, Ned. About Ned. And this was the epic fighting scene. And the background story was is that this was the greatest sword wielder and everything like that. Now, We've talked about, of course, before, and the difference here is is that this guy was dual-wielding, but that's not accurate to the book. Is that right? No. like The theory, thing here is Sir Arthur Dane has a sword called uh, Dawn. Right. This and is that meteor sword, of, sword, right? Yeah. It's on par with Valerian Steel, like either just above it or just below it, you know, just right there with it. And a meteor, the story behind it is a meteor came crashing down, and they made a sword out of it. And no one's wielded this sword since. Like, no one will even steal the sword because they're not worthy of it. That's how powerful this thing is. Wow. And so, like, he's just holding this epic sword in the entire fight, you know, two-handed. Like, Ned is carrying ice. And so, like, when we see this fight, we want to see ice versus Dawn. But for logistics reasons and stuff, they give us a dual wielding. Shows up better on camera. And I thought it was one of the best scenes, but I just really wanted to see that sword. Well, I really, really enjoyed this scene. I loved that, you know, this guy was such a great fighter oh, and is, like that and so on. This is the best and fight scene we've you, seen. We started talking and we realized it wasn't the right sword and that there was a lot more to this scene that could have been in there. I was kind of, it kind of bummed me out a little bit that I felt like the book maybe had a much better version of this than what the TV put out there, even though I loved it. Well, the book didn't go, the book ended. Right when Ned says, no, this is the end. The book doesn't talk about the fight. Because in the book, it's the seven versus three instead. It's the Lord Commander, it's Sir Arthur Dane, and another guy who are sitting there protecting the Tower of Joy for whatever reason. Now, we want to theorize that the Tower of Joy has Ned's sister in it. Lyanna Stark. Lyanna Stark. And that the reason she's screaming up there is because she is giving birth to Jon Snow. That is a very famous theory called uh, R plus L equals J. Right. And so... And I mean, it, it makes sense that it's that because why else are you leaving your Lord Commander, you know, your best swordsman and a third King's Guardman at this place protecting this tower for no reason? You know, there, there's got to be a high price in there. There's got to be something so valuable that you put that kind of... That kind of power there, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I would say that a uh, unborn prince would probably be got to be up top of there, top, top of the list. Yeah, there is and no doubt. 
So, I mean, not having the sword was a big letdown for me. And then another thing was there's no weirwood tree out here because this is out in Dorne and stuff. And how the the three-eyed raven is able to see all this is through weirwood trees. That's why you see all the faces painted on them. Right. So you see through the eyes of those. And so the fact that we're getting this vision from that was kind of off to me. Because, I mean, then it's just, can they see into the tower? Because, you know, like, how are you going to go through a door? I mean, some people might think that's not a big deal, but when you're going through visions and stuff, it's got to be seeable. Well, I think they're just making changes for the TV show. I mean, it's just like they made a a cast change for the guy in the tree. And I believe in the book, this guy is supposed to have, like, roots growing out of his face and eye. Yeah, he's, like, literally a part part of of the the tree. tree. It is growing through him. And so this whole deal of having him just basically be out there and walking with him, doing all that kind of stuff, I think it's just, like you said before, logistically, it just makes it easier for the viewer to understand and see and not go so far. But, I mean, it's just one of those things, like, for me – to see like how they're doing these visions like i mean how they're doing it now is just that's all powerful you know you can go back to any event on earth right or whatever they are by doing this at least with the weirwood trees we had some limitations and stuff yeah but i mean that's just nitpicking. yeah it's just book lore yeah and then so. like the other big thing from that is you know they say he's a thousand years old which either means it's not blood raven who's a very important character a hundred years ago or he's just kind of exaggerating his age because he's connected with the trees. Gotcha. Gotcha. I gotcha. Well, the only other part we really hadn't even covered, I guess, is, uh, you know, Castle Black, huh? The, the big the big part of it. Yeah. Or the big. small part if you're asking Tormund. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that is the best comic relief of the whole deal. Much just, needed because we've lost a lot of the comedy since the first episode, and that that's kind of dragging it down a well, bit. Well, the only comedy was, you know... Tyrion and Varys, you know, that was the only thing holding it. So this was a good little scene here where he comes out and everybody's looking at him and the whole perception that he might be a god and blah, blah, blah. But the but then when he said, well, I know you're not a god, you know. Because I've seen your pecker. I love that he said I, pecker. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, I was cracking up pretty good. And, you know, he got a good smile, you know. And and then to go up to, was the guy's Ed? Ed, that, you know, yeah, he's like, big screen Ed now. Yeah, is that you, you know? And so. Yeah, I really like that he said that because, you know, we had Beric Dondarrion. He lost. Like, I think he was resurrected like seven times. And, you know, he loses a piece of himself every single time. And Ed's like, are you sure? And John throws out the little joke of, don't burn my body just yet. You know, they both have a nice little laugh, and he goes, yeah. so seriously, is that you? You don't, you don't joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he had a little smile. Yeah. It was, it was good stuff, you know. And then, you know, this is that whole epic. Well, I mean, before we jump right back into it, do you think this changes Mel Sandra's storyline? Because, I mean, she's she's got her swagger back. Um, You know, I, to, be, to be honest with you, I think this is the end of Melisandre. Oh. I think she did her. I think this was her over, you know, this was her moment. And then I think she's up for a surprise death for whatever reason. Maybe or, I would agree with you if this was Sunday, but since I rewatched it, she looked at John and said, Stannis wasn't the prince that rides again, but somebody has to be. She didn't I mean, specify. I think, I think she's foretailing him, you know, him and Davos. You know, I don't whole, know if she's foretailing him because she said she didn't say you have to be. She said somebody has to be. And I so that leads, because there's a lot of theories on who this guy, on who the Prince Who Rides Again is going to be. Well, just like our original theory, you know, <clears throat> RLJ. <coughs> Excuse me. That means he's a prince, you know. Yeah. And there's not any other princes out there that I could see that this going behind, you know. And 
I read the article in Entertainment Weekly today that, you know, that DB and them told him that, you know, once he's resurrected, he has a major, major role through the rest of the season. Well, I think we knew he had a major role just because of what we saw last season before he died. Well, yeah, I agree there. But, I mean, I think that he is going to, again, be the spotlight of this season, you mm-hmm. know, or end up being that way again. Um, and so that's what I'm – I'm really thinking that, you know, she was foretelling him, you know. Yeah. and But I, to her extent, I don't know. I think she's played her role. I think, to be honest with you, I think she's up for death. I, I hope not because she's – she brings a lot to the show. Besides yeah. a major rack? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I really like how she talks and just the way she sees this world. Because she sees it completely different than everybody else. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, she's a very interesting character. And she brings a lot to the table. And I, I'm totally with you. I just, I've got, I mean, if you think about expendable characters who's really, the storyline really hasn't got anywhere to go now. Yeah. She's got to be one of the top on the list. I could see that, but um, I just wanted to be John's right hand woman for a little bit. You yeah, know, just my, my question is now. Okay, so we get this scene where we get the four of them to be hung. Okay. Well, before we jump into that, we still have Rickon. That's true. We we can hit that. That's, that's true. You know, this is the whole deal with the Polton, and is the, this the Umps or what's the called? Umbers? Umbers, yeah, that's who Umber. are famously loyal to the Starks. To the Starks, exactly. Now this guy, this Umber, and this is the son of the Big John Umber. Big John, who's dead. We didn't get to see off Very screen. sad. You know, this was the guy who got his fingers bitten off by uh, Grey Wolf and just started laughing. It was like, okay, now I can respect Rob. And, you know, it was the first to throw his hammer down in support of the Starks, raise the flat banners, and ready to go. Yeah, and so this is his son, and he's a badass. I'm not going to lie to you. The way he just handles himself this entire thing is hilarious to me. You know, I, I don't know if there's another person on earth who would have walked into Ramsey Bolton's house and been just dogging him oh, right out of the gate. Oh, yeah, you can get on my knee, kiss your yeah. ass. You're, 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 you know. <laughs> nope, that's just not happening. <laughs> it's not nope. happening, you know. This and that, and it was just like, nope, I, I, I'm not going to kneel. Yeah. Like, well, where's the trust? Where's the loyalty? He's like, you killed your dad. No, no. Yeah. He called it like it is, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't play coy with me, you know. So, yeah, it was uh, it was good stuff. You yeah, know? no, and, I mean, this and was. And, of course, Rick, man, is this the same actor? This guy looks Same actor. Older, just like Brand. I mean, like. Shot up seven feet tall, just I beam swear, You know, I want to believe there's more to this little scenario. You know, like you said, loyal to the Starks. Something's going on. My brother and I debated this, talking about how. This could be just a big, you know, a ruse, you know, to get Bolton out, you know, because now he wants to attack Castle Black. He wants to go take all this stuff down. Do you think it's possible or even probable that this is just a ruse to get him out, to maybe take him and get him out? Personally, I'm going to say no, because there's no way Rickon will sign on to killing his dire wolf as a ruse. It's just not going to happen. I, I can see that. I can see that. Like, there's a 0% chance that Shaggy Dog is a martyr in this situation. But there was a lot of talks on the message boards that that head was awfully small to be a dire wolf. Thank you. It did look very small. It really did. Because, I mean, it was looked tiny on that plate. And for all you know, that yeah, they, was, they it could have been a regular wolf. Exactly. But if it is truly Shaggy Dog, there's no way. No way it's a ruse. Yeah. And, I mean, maybe they just didn't feel like doing CGI for a head. I don't know. 
I feel like they killed Shaggy Dog and they're handing Rickon over just so they get the extra help fighting the uh, Wildlings because he believes that Jon Snow is leading an army of Wildlings for whatever reason. Because they, cause that's what uh, the Karstark and Bolton were like, you know, what? what is a bunch of Wildlings going to do? He's like, well, Jon Snow brought him through. And if he's leading them, he knows this land, he knows this castle better than oh, yeah, anyone else. Oh, yeah, he knows Winterfell and everywhere else better than anybody else. And so I think Karstark's just scared that Jon Snow is upset about being in Castle Black and wants more land. Very possible. Very, very possible. Love that little comment. You know, like your little boys and all that stuff. That was a good little quip <laughs> yeah, I bought there. you a woman and a little boy, just like the car starts like them. Yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah, I know it. <laughs> oh, man. It's good stuff. Now, I, I did forget the comedy that he brought and everything, but, I mean, it was immediately trumped by throwing Shaggy's dog head right on a platter, and I was just, yeah. I, I was sick. I don't know, man. I'm not calling. I'm not calling it. I think that's. I don't think that was. I think it was just a like a wolf's head. It was too small. Didn't feel like fit the part. I mean, There's I appreciate more to you it. playing devil's advocate and trying to shake your head, thinking that's not true. But it, it ain't it. I'm telling you, I'm gonna be stunned, and I'll admit my my wrongness if I'm wrong. But I'm telling you. Hey, I mean, we all, all right. Let, let's get to the hanging. I've been dying to get to this hanging. Okay. All right. So we get our four Joes up there, and I love how each one of them has a different reaction. thing to say, a reaction to say. You know. One, you know, I let ones tell my wife I died in battle. Yeah, and, uh, I'd be like, no, you, you died hanging, man. Yeah, really, you know, watched your neck squirm. And then, you know, and of course, Alistair. Loved yeah. it. Like, he was shot up the rankings for me. I'm going to be honest. Well, I, I mean, I've always enjoyed his character, except for the night he b- betrayed, yeah. you know. He plays an asshole really well. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was born for this role. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, he... Yeah, for him to get up there and say, you know, if I had to make this decision again, I would, knowing that I'm right, you know, get on with it, you know. I mean, th- this I guy. I my battle. I lost. If it happened again, I'd like to think I'd make the same decision. I was like, you know yeah. what? Hey, That's who kudos. I want. I'll go to battle with you anytime. That's right. That's like a guy asking for the smoke. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm ready. You know, and, get, but, get this over with. <laughs> you know? And like the first guy was like, you're not supposed to be here. You're a traitor. He's like, you stabbed me. You're a traitor. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just like going. And, and then we get to Ollie. I mean, I'm just like my brother's struggling a little bit. You know, but to be honest with you, I was ready to see him hang. Oh, absolutely. The way he did and what he did, you know. Yeah, I love how he hasn't had a speaking line in like four episodes. Nah. Yeah. I mean, it's always, uh, okay. They killed my parents. That, uh. that was it, you know. So, but I'm going to tell you, this was the fastest hanging in, in history. Uh, I mean. He cut the, they cut the rope, squirmed for five seconds, and then they were pale. <laughs> Blue-eyed ghosts. Well, I'm I, thought we were sure. about to ha- I thought we were about to have resurrections here all of a sudden. I'm pretty sure Ollie was already hanging just due to the fact of being so short. Yeah, but still. But it, it was really fast. I'm contributing some of that to it probably being below freezing. And so as soon as you What start does that leaving, have to do with having a bearing of how fast you well, strangle? i got to figure the oxygen is leaving you quicker and everything. Your body's already uh, pumping everything. You, I'm trying to come man, up with something. Man, you are reaching with that. You know, I, I'm reaching, but... You are reaching, but... I will say the cool effect of seeing their frozen looking like faces afterwards was cool, creepy. Man. That was gruesome. Creepy. I mean, they were purple by the end. Blue eyed. I mean, just like, man, Thorn, like, they just, I mean, it looked I rough. Thought heads, yeah, the, I thought it was about to explode. There, like, was, there was no appetite after no. seeing this scene. Let me go ahead and tell you. Oh, man, that was brutal. Yeah, it was. Woo! And um, then we get a pretty big, because there's, you know, we knew he was going to be resurrected, but then we kind of decided, you know, is this. Is he still the Lord Commander? Is his watch over? You know, how, how's this going to play out? 
just straight up hands him the coat and says, yeah. deuces. Yeah. Holla. <laughs> my my watch is over. Yeah, I know it. Where do we go from here? Whoo. I think he grabs the wildlings, you know, maybe Davos and Melisandre, and says, hey, guys, we're riding south. Yeah. My home is Winterfell. Mm-hmm. Come with me, and you'll be free here under my rule, you know? No, I mean, I really think he's going to become the king beyond the wall at this point. Yeah. King of the North, baby. King of the North. King of the North. That's you true. know, I mean, I don't, it's going to be interesting to see if they just kind of run past Sansa or Sansa gets there, kind of has the Arya plot line from three to where she just keeps missing everybody. Oh, yeah. Like just a, a moment's away. You know? No, I really hope they just find Sansa and it's like, hey, let's go. We're, yeah. we're taking back We'll home. get some uniting. Yeah. Know, get something going that way. I'm with you there. I'm with you. Because I just, they've done too much to make him wait. Like now that he's in the fold and everything, it's going to be quick pace, action, action, action. Yeah, and that, and I just want to see, I want to see Bolton actually fight in a war because all we've seen him kind of do is we saw like the smoke light up and all that, and then we didn't get to see the Stannis battle, so it's going to be good to finally see how he actually fights. I'm with you. I'm 100% with you. You know, looking at the previews, it looks like we're going to see the two lover boys make it to Danny. We're going to see and be able to do absolutely nothing. Yeah, observe because. To just let y'all know, there every Kalazar of the Dorthraki are in this place right now. So that is well over hundreds of thousands of Dorthraki soldiers. Two people aren't going to do anything. The only thing that's going to make a, a deal in there is going to be Drogon. Drogon. Yeah. And even then, it's still like, what is one dragon going to do against an entire army that uses arrows? Yeah, I don't know. Unless he just goes in there and just burns up Which half is, the place. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what he's going to do, and they're all going to bow quickly. But, I mean, it's just like, how pitiful of a storyline is it that we have Dario and Jorah roaming the Dorthraki Sea to find Daenerys? Just I useless. I, I don't know. I don't know where it's going with that, and so that really hurts. But we did see Littlefinger in the Thank preview. God. Thank God. Still missing my man Braun, which is very... uh. I think we'll see him in about two or three episodes once uh, Jamie leaves King's Landing. Yeah. You know who we didn't talk about? Hit me. Sam. Didn't talk about Sam's little scene here in the boat with uh, Gilly. I mean, there's a reason. (laughs) (laughs) All five seconds of worth, you know, spewing on a boat to find out we're going to meet his family, which means we're going to meet old dad. We meet Randall Tarley, who is one of the best sergeants in Westeros, and they actually have a Valerian steel sword. Right. The name is slipping from me, which I apologize, but he actually wields this thing in battle. Not a lot of Valerian steel swords get used in battle, because as we saw, ice wasn't used in the Tower of Joy. Ned was using a regular sword. Right. But now, in Ice, like, wasn't it like a huge sword? It was a sword? great sword. And so, like, Ned wasn't probably able to wield it at that point in time. But it just stands to reason, like, a lot of people aren't using these swords because they're so valuable. You know, they don't want to lose them in a battle. Right. And But Tarly has no qualms. Just swinging it and is ready to murder anybody. Yeah, And so it's going to be interesting to see weak, soft old Sam, who's killed a White Walker, like maybe only one or other two living people have done. Yeah, well, people trip and fall on swords in front of him, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so. And so, you know, he's seeing Dad, and he's going to be like, well, Dad, I impregnated this woman. Yeah. So that's going to be an interesting scene to see. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. Now, do you think Sam's going to end up making it to the Citadel, to Old Town? I think so. I don't. I- 
I, I do. I think it's going to be something we're going to I think we're going to see the majesty of it and what it is, and then we kind of had this argument. But I think news is somehow going to reach Sam that John has died and been resurrected. I don't know how yet. But news always travels. News always travels. It. No one knows. No way. News yeah. travels. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it. Anything else it. that happened in the previews? Not really worth even talking about. I mean, you know, the episode four is typically pretty epic. And the only thing I can think about that's going to be epic is got to be Drogon's possibilities. Yeah. I don't see any other battle stuff. Unless just uh, suddenly at King's Landing, we just all of a sudden have a spark and they go in there and start cleaning up. Um, which I just don't see it. I think maybe, maybe we, you think there's a chance we have the trial by combat next episode? Not, I severely doubt no, it. No, I doubt it. Um, Too much it, has to happen before yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, and so... Um, but there's one other big thing that we kind of didn't really talk about was we found out, well, Vares found out who the real yeah, enemy is. See, that right there was just so disappointing. It was very disappointing. I didn't like it. But you know, just to hear that it was from money from other these other towns or other everyone cities they've that already conquered, conquered and everything. that have already come back to power, that was weak to me. To me, you want to face a name, a person I want somebody power. that Tyrion can focus on, destroy their life, and move on. Yeah, you know, you, you need you need you need there to be an individual or a couple individuals that you really are about, not just a random people are paying for it from other places. But now that we know this, and that. Vares is sending off his little birds to send him a message. What kind of message do you think he's trying to say? What, what do you think Tyrion's trying to say? I don't know. I, I don't. Because that's, I mean, curious. That, that's what I think is interesting about that scene. It's going to be interesting, but I mean, I'm just. You know, it better he, be good because we know it's not a battle situation because they it don't could have. Be. I mean, do you think he's out there saying, look, I've released two dragons. And if you don't want them coming to burn down your city for final. We need to talk, or do you think it's just like, hey, you know, come over for some wine? And I think I think it's a ruse of some kind. Maybe it's uh, you know, because you you the, saw maybe, something working in yeah. His head. Or maybe the queen is gone. Come back, you know, or whatever. You know, it, it, it could be anything. I, it's gonna be interesting, but I'm worried at the same time. Yeah, no, I'm definitely worried. But it was just something that kind of stuck with me after we got done talking about it, and I was like, <sighs> yeah, I don't know. And so I'm interested to see where that what's in that letter. Yeah, I am too. I am very much too. But Guys, I mean, if y'all if y'all can think of something else we missed or we were off or you know, or there was something you got more out of it, hit us up on Twitter or Facebook, man. We you know we're at Bleed T V podcast as well as on Facebook. And if you got a second or two to give us a positive review on iTunes, it always helps us. We look forward to hearing from you. We want to add some more feedback. We didn't we kinda of buzzed through this episode to kinda of, we just want to get something out for y'all. Right. Uh, but next week we'll be back to the three of us and really getting some in-depth stuff. And uh, looking forward to it as always. But uh, I think that's what we're going to call it tonight. And this is Bleed TV. And I'm Zach. And I'm Cash. And we'll see y'all next week. 